welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to The Other Identity. I am, of course, your host, Robbie Landis, and along with me, as always, from this point going forward, goodbye, Joe, and welcome to Ben Morris. Ben, how's it going? Face front, true believers, and I don't think DC has a catchphrase, do they? That's something I've been thinking about. Marvel has all those Do great- they not? No, because Marvel has all the great catchphrases. They've got enough said. They've got true believers. I don't think DC has anything. Excelsior! That is also Marvel, Robbie. Um, wh- yeah. What do we got for the DC end? I feel they don't like- have a single one? Listen, DC, if you're listening, and obviously you should be, uh, reach out to us. We'll come up with something for you. We want to be all about equal representation on this show. That's why the first episode was all new Rebirth, and that's why this episode, we should have something for the DC guys. And then we got to branch out. We need Dark Horse. We need Image. Uh, we need everyone. Everyone needs to, to get their own catchphrases. This is no. Th- th- this is blowing my mind. Hold I on. Know, right? uh, what about the Justice League? Do they have something like when they come together? Nothing. What? There's no event. You know what the closest thing I can think to is that the Teen Titans say Titans together. That's like the only thing. I mean, Superman's up, up and away. Batman's, uh, uh, my parents are dead. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That, that's almost criminal. That's ridiculous. All right. Well, this is, this is definitely something I think we maybe we need to look into a little bit more because that blows my mind. Uh, but you're right. First episode was a little bit more focused on DC. And uh, I think today, you know, as a result, we're going to kind of swing the other way. And we're going to talk about some Marvel stuff. Specifically, we have an entire episode planned for you today that is packed full of nothing but the X-Men. Indeed. And the way we're going to start off today, Ben, and this is actually your idea. We're leading a little bit more into, uh, you know, your side of the camp here. Uh, you know, you are a guest lecturer currently at uh, UNLV. So we thought that we would start out with what I'm hoping might be a little bit of like a reoccurring segment going forward, depending on what we're talking about. But we're going to do a little bit of uh, X-Men 101 and kind of getting you, you know, if you're not familiar or maybe, you know, you're only familiar with certain aspects of the X-Men. We're going to give you sort of the 101 on what you really need to know. Because for the longest time, I actually, and more recently, obviously, but but as a kid for the longest time, I never realized that Iceman was one of the original members of the X-Men. I always thought he was just like a side, like sort of throw-off character. So, you know, eventually when I learned that, that was like a big sort of like, huh, sort of moment for me. Well, we'll definitely get into as much X-Men goodness as we can, uh, Robbie. But yeah, let's start out with the 101. Let's enter the classroom and let you guys know if you've always been too afraid to get into X-Men or if you've only sampled it, here is the big stuff you guys need to know. There are a few places to start and we'll get back to that in just a sec. But here's the big thing. Mutants. Mutants are at the center of X-Men. Mutants are people genetically evolved to the next stage who have powers beyond those of normal humans. Now, these could be awesome powers. They could be born with the ability to read minds. They might develop the ability to fly when they hit adolescence. Or they could be cursed. Uh, They could shoot powerful laser beams out of their eyes. They could absorb people's personalities when they touch. But the point is, they have some sort of extra ability that makes them a mutant. Now, here's the thing. As we've seen countless times over the course of real history, people tend to fear that which is different. Thus, as a result, mutants are persecuted in the Marvel Universe. Sometimes they're hunted, sometimes they're exploited, sometimes worse. Here's where it gets interesting. Historically, some mutants have aligned with Professor X, Charles Xavier, a kind of dreamer who believes that harmony with humankind is the way to go. Then on the other side of the camp, you've got Magneto, the master of magnetism. He's a Holocaust survivor who would rather rule humanity than see them destroy his people. 
So these guys used to be best friends. They had a philosophical split. And as you go through the history of the X-Men, sometimes they get along, sometimes they don't. But basically, X-Men is the story of these people, of mutants, how they survive, and along the way, the romance, the adventure, the comedy, and the tragedy that ensues. The reason I love X-Men is because... On the surface, it's a great action-adventure comic with all the things I just talked about. Great costumes, awesome powers, fun adventure, but it's also got a deeper meaning. The idea that it is a metaphor for minorities and all the things that come along with that. So it's something you can read enjoyably as a fan, but also if you're looking to expand your horizons a little bit, this is something that will really make you think. Well, it's always been, too, I I think probably one of, if not the best sort of ensemble piece within Marvel's catalog. You know, I mean, obviously, like like you could look at stuff like the Avengers or, you know, when they have big team up stuff, but that's still bringing together characters from their own sort of multiple stories, whereas the X-Men have always been about this this group of heroes that uh, have always been together. They've had their their own outing sort of off and on to the side, but... For me, it's really hard to to really get the essence of what the X-Men are unless you have, you know, all of them or at least a handful of them together at any one time or another. Yeah, it's totally an ensemble book. It is these people who the it started out the only place you were going to see X-Men were the X-Men titles. Yes, there have been solo series. Yes, there are spin-off titles, but the main story takes place historically in Uncanny X-Men. If you're reading today, there's a book called just X-Men. Honestly, that's the most confusing part of reading X-Men is just the different titles, but we will help you with that. But yeah, it's uh, it's just like watching your favorite TV show that has a cast of 10 to 20 people. Uh, there's something for everybody. Everyone gets a story. It's the way they interact and it's the fun they have along the way. Yeah, because I feel like, again, you know, we, we we talked last week about, you know, what are good places to jump in for Spider-Man, but he's also just one character. So when you have an entire universe unto itself within the Marvel Universe, where should one even begin with X? Actually, funny story, when I was reading uh, this morning on Marvel Unlimited, and Nate had saw me, and he's, he's like, hey, what are you watching? Because I, I was swiping through using the, uh, the panel view, which is amazing, amazing. by the way. Yep. And I explained, you know, what I was doing, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, how, how many comics are on there? And I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure everything up until like six months ago, because, you know, six months delay. And he's like, could I, could I read the original X-Men? So I looked it up in 19, is 83 or 86? So that's where we start kind of the modern era of X-Men. But the original X-Men actually dates back to the 60s. Oh, that's right. That's right. All the way back to the 60s. And, and anyway, because I had found that on there. And I'm like, yeah, they're here all the way up to 2011. 544 issues. And he had this look on his face like, oh, I thought I could do it. But then I saw the mountain I have to climb and I don't think I can. <laughs> it could be a little daunting for sure. But here's the thing. There's a few really good entry points. And you mentioned Marvel Unlimited. That's a great place to experience this. Obviously, the X-Men, like we said, had been around since the 1960s. It wasn't really till the mid-70s that they came to prominence when uh, a writer named Chris Claremont took over the book. The New X-Men, who started out in Giant Size X-Men number one by Len Wein and Dave Cockrum. Uh, that's where you get Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, all those characters. So ah, mm-hmm. if you want to start out, a good place to go is Giant Size X-Men number one. And if you like Giant Size X-Men number one, you can jump into Uncanny X-Men and you're literally going to get decades worth of material. Now, don't be intimidated by the decades worth of material. Read the stuff you want and kind of jump around. 
but that's one place you can start. I definitely love the Claremont X-Men myself, and that's where a lot of the classic concepts that other writers will work on get introduced. Now, if you want to go with something more recent, here are two runs for you. One, New X-Men by Grant Morrison. Obviously, anyone who has read comics knows Grant Morrison is an evil genius from Scotland who writes some of the most far-out comics in the world. (laughs) Uh, In the early 2000s, he did a comic called New X-Men that basically reimagined what it meant to be a mutant. So if you want to start with something of a more recent vintage, maybe Morrison's New X-Men is for you. Another option is to go with Astonishing X-Men from 2004 by Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, obviously the guy who directed oh. Avengers, uh, the mastermind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He did a very back-to-basics X-Men story uh, that is told over the course of about 12 issues. Read those 12 issues of Astonishing X-Men and that's a chance for you to jump right into the mid-2000s of X-Men. Then recently, I know something you've been reading, Robbie, is House of X and Powers of X, which came out last summer by Jonathan Hickman. Again, it basically blew up the concept of what the X-Men are, but, and you can speak to this for a sec, I actually think it's a pretty good entry point because it's kind of a ground zero reinvention of X-Men. Uh, I might actually have to push back on that a little okay. bit. Uh, I actually thought, first of all, House of Ten and Power of X, or House of X, Power of X, however it's actually to be said, are. is right. phenomenal. It, it, it is an amazing reimagining, and it puts the X-Men into a new position that I don't think that they've had a chance to explore before, so it is definite must-read. But the only thing that I worry about is, is there's, I feel like there's so much to unpack in there, and the way that the story's told you don't actually really get kind of what's going on because they don't hold your hand at all until about halfway through it. And even having some background, you know, in the X-Men myself already, even I felt a little bit lost and wasn't sure if it was the type of loss you're supposed to feel so that at the end when it comes together, you have that aha moment or not. Now, maybe going in with absolutely no baggage whatsoever and having no concept or or knowledge of the X-Men, it might be a little bit different, but I don't know. I I, I think that Hoxpox, as it's been uh, uh, come to be called, might be a little bit more like X-Men like 102. Fair enough. All right, let me throw one more option at you that maybe will get you ready. If you want to go right into Hoxpox and you want to get into the current stuff and you don't want to go back over 60 or so years, check this out. There's a book on Marvel Unlimited right now. It came out over the course of the last couple of years. It's called X-Men Grand Design. It is a six oversized issue miniseries by Ed Piscor, who did the history of hip hop. Um, great independent writer artist. He does the whole deal. What it is, is six issues basically covering from before X-Men number one in the 60s all the way up to almost the 2000s. And it literally is your how guide do you put that to all into, into never, one book. That's the question. How do you put that in? How do you put? How do you put it in six issues? But I'm telling you, man, he does it. So if you've never read X Men before and you're like, I need to get caught up quick. You need a quick like dump of info. X Men Grand Design. It's in three different parts. You've got X-Men Grand Design, which is two issues, X-Men Grand Design Second Genesis, another two issues, and then X-Men Grand Design Extinction. I swear, I was unsure if I would enjoy this, but as someone who knows the X-Men, this was a great refresher course. I want you to try this, Robbie, because I think, and, and report back on if this gets you ready, or does it just leave you more cross-eyed and not wanting to read more? 
All right. Well, I will put that on my list for sure. Well, there you go, guys. You have a few entry points to get into the X-Men series. Let us know if you have any of your own suggestions. You can do that on Twitter over at Checkpoint XP. You can also find us individually on Twitter at Ben J. Morris and Robbie underscore Landis CP. But stick with us when we come back. We're going to do a little bit of a draft here and pit our mutant dream teams against one another. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Thank you guys for downloading and listening to The Other Identity. Today's topic is all things X-Men. We just went over what some of the uh, basics of the X-Men are, what you need to know if you're just getting sort of into the comics, where you should start. And what we're going to do now is we're actually going to do a little sort of draft style. We're going to go back and forth, picking our own mutants and create our dream teams that if we were to throw them on an island somewhere, we're going to try and figure out which of these two teams would win. Now, we do have a few rules here. We're each going to draft five mutants. We are allowed only one Omega level, and we have to have at least one character from the original casting of the X-Men. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. And just to briefly explain what an Omega level mutant is, that's your storms, your magnetos, the super powerful, there's no limit to how much they can grow in terms of their power set kind of mutants. Mm-hmm. That's right, that's right. And, and something else to keep in, in, in mind as well when, when determining how these teams might fare against one another is that prior relationships will come into play. So if you think, hey, if I put Wolverine and Sabretooth on a team, those are two people that cannot die. I will win automatically. They're probably not going to work together all that well. So, Ben, we're going to decide who goes first, and we're going to do this by way of a coin flip. So, I would like you to call it, and you're just going to have to. You're just going to have to trust that. Uh, I was going to say, there's a lot of trust telling, going on here because you. Here. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. You are would, across the country okay. from me, and I cannot right. see this. Would you like to flip a coin? Do you have a coin on you, Ben? I certainly don't. Okay, I didn't think so. So give me just a second here. I'm actually using a dice roller online because I don't have a coin on me as well. <laughs> who has coin? Who has coins on them these days? No one carries coins anymore. That's right. All right, Ben. So one to two is heads, and three to four is tails. Go ahead and call it heads or tails. Give me tails. Oh, you get to go first. Dang it. Fantastic. All right, who's your first pick then? With the first selection of the Other Identity X-Men Dream Team Draft, I'm going to get a lot of boxes out of the way right off the bat. I'm going to take my Omega Level Mutant. I'm going to take my original X-Men member, and I'm going to go with Jean Grey, a.k.a. Marvel Girl, a.k.a. Phoenix. To me, 
probably the most nuanced and interesting of the original X-Men. And a lot of room to develop. Relationships across the board, cool stuff, great powers, interesting backstory. I think that's the way to start. That's not a bad pick at all and definitely was one of my potentials. I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing. I'm going to get my Omega level mutant out of the way as well. And I am going to go with a little bit of, I think, uh, a pick that most people aren't going to see coming, but is a mutant. I'm going to go with Franklin Richards. Ooh, good pick. That's great because right away yeah, it gives you a tie to yeah. the larger Marvel Universe. Incredible power set. Uh, lots of relationships to explore. Good pick, man. You're off to a good start. Thank you. Thank you. He's he's my ace in the hole. If nothing else, just rewrite reality. <laughs> All right. Bouncing back to me, who am I going to take next? Well, I'm going to jump ahead a few generations of Xavier students. I'm going to go with one of my personal favorites, and that is Cannonball. Cannonball from the original New Mutants. What? I love Cannonball growing up. The thing I love about Cannonball is he is... Number one, he's a southern dude, so he's got a funny accent. But beyond that, cool power, but more than anything else, he was a student of Charles Xavier, later a student of Magneto, and then later studied under Cable as well. So to me, he's got the best of all worlds. He's got kind of what we were talking about before with that Xavier-Magneto dynamic. He brings it together and also throws a little Cable inside as well. So I think Cannonball is a fun place to uh, to go for my team. I know it's a little outside the box, but that's where I'm going. All right. Well, uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and put a telepath on my team as well because I don't think that you can have a perfectly well-rounded team without someone that has that power set. And I also... This is also going to be sort of my my leader figure, the one who calls the shots and brings everyone together. And I'm going to go with Emma Frost. Hmm. Kind of a villainous bent, too. I mean, Emma Frost is very morally ambiguous. I thought for a little while, uh, do I want Gene and Emma on the same team? Just because I think it's fun to oh, watch I don't them kind of so. catfight with each other. <laughs> but yeah, man, Emma's another good pick. And your team is all blonde so far. So there you go. There's that. <laughs> all right. Well, the ball is back in your court. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead again. I'm trying to cover all the different eras here, and I'm going to grab Bishop. Uh, Bishop, I think, is a super interesting X-Man and has a key thing I think you need on any good X-Men team, and that is a mutant out of time. Someone from the future who is stuck in another era and is a connection to all those crazy future stories that I potentially want to tell. So my third pick is Bishop. All right. Well, if he acts any anywhere near the way that he does in the TV show, I think you want to just put yourself at a handicap right there. But I'm I, I not complaining. I did not pick the TV show Bishop. No, no. <laughs> All right, I'm actually going to go some uh, s- sort of similar uh, uh, down that line. I think you need someone who has brains. You need someone in sort of this support department that no matter what it is you need and no matter where you are, he's going to be able to whip something up for you. And I'm going to go with Forge, the mutant ability to create just about any type of technology he or you needs. Forge is probably my least favorite X-Man, so you can have him. Really? Oh, my God, dude. Forge screws up everything. If you go back and read Fall of the Mutants, <laughs> he got the X-Men killed at one point. Uh, he took away Storm's powers. He's just a perennial screw-up. So, yeah, absolutely, Did man. he do Put it or did he team. just make the tool that, that ended up doing it for someone else? I, you know what? Apples and oranges, my friend. They are mm, they are the same right. fruit at the end of the all day. All right. 
All right. All you right. Can, what's your fourth pick? We're getting down to the wire yeah, here. Yeah, you take Forge because I am going to, with the fourth pick, take my maybe, if not my favorite, definitely in my top two of the X-Men, one of the best characters of all time. Give me Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride is just the perfect point of view character. Uh, she's everybody's first crush. Uh, just an awesome character. Love her powers and all the different stuff she can do. But again, just a cool seminal X-Men who I think it gives another perspective. I think the Gene Kitty dynamic would be a lot of fun. All right. Now, I just have to say something here real quick before I do my fourth pick. As far as like an ensemble of characters that would make an interesting uh, uh, book goes, you definitely have that down, but I'm pretty sure my team's going to kick your team's butt. <laughs> and so for the fourth one, I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to go with sort of my scrapper. I feel like, you know, out there in the field, you need someone who can get down and dirty, you need someone who can get behind enemy lines, scout around if need be. A lot of experience here. I'm going with an old-time favorite. Give me Wolverine. Wolverine is on your team. Well, that is uh that's kind of the nuclear option when it comes to X-Men, right? Putting Wolverine on the team. Um, not going to lie, you do have a very powerful team. It's going to be tough for my guys to stack up against them. But you know what? Here's the thing, Robbie. We've got Jean Grey's telepathy. We've got Cannonball's leadership ability. We've got Bishop as a wild card and Kitty Pride to kind of pull things together. I'm going to go with one more, excuse the phrase, X-Factor. And I'm going to go with Mystique. Mystique Ooh. is not the most offensively powerful mutant, but she's sneaky. She's smart. She can get under people's skins. And I think if my team has any sort of chance against your team, quite frankly, we're going to have to cheat. So I think I would love to have a uh, villainous shapeshifter on my team. Yeah, well, uh, I wouldn't rely too much on Kitty Pride if I were you. I hear she's going through some things. <laughs> <laughs> So, for my final <laughs> oh, pick here... That was awful. The one thing that I'm missing is I don't have anyone from the original team yet, right? And so I think that if I had to pick someone off of the original cast of the X-Men, I'm going to go a little outside the lines here. I'm going to pick Scarlet Witch, who was one of the original members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Ooh, wow. You are assembling a powerhouse team, man, and... Man, Scarlet Witch and Emma Frost on the same team, that's going to be thats gonna be tough. I think it's going to come down to the people to, uh, to decide what do you value more, raw power or kind of that sneaky, we're going to find a way to get things done. Because, man, at the end of the day, for me, X-Men is about finding solutions to uh, problems through unusual means. So, may the best team win. All right, so that's right. We're going to rely on you guys at home to tell us which of these two teams would win out against the other one. Ben is running Jean Grey, Cannonball, Bishop, Kitty Pride, and Mystique. And on Team Robbie, I have Franklin Richards, Emma Frost, Forge, Wolverine, and the Scarlet Witch. But it's going to come down to your vote, guys. So let us know what you think, and we'll let you know next week on next week's episode who it was that came out on top. Esports is the fastest growing area in collegiate athletics and Checkpoint XP on campus keeps you up to speed on all the exciting action. From varsity and club esports tournaments to college curriculums focused on gaming. Each week, Checkpoint XP on campus brings you more than just stats and scores. We're digging to school rivalries, scouting, scholarships, and talking with players and coaches. Catch new episodes of Checkpoint XP on campus Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And on demand 24-7 on YouTube, Twitch, Radio.com, and always at Checkpoint XP. 
Checkpointexp.com. Catch new episodes of Checkpoint XP on campus Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and on demand 24-7 on YouTube, Twitch, Radio.com, and always at CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint XP on campus, the show for collegiate video gaming and esports. Listening to the other identity guys, your home for all things comic book and everything outside the world of comic books when it comes to superheroes. I am, of course, still here with my co host, Ben Morris, and uh, we're going to talk about what's the best X Men media across all spectrums. So, Ben, I'm going to start with you here. Let's go with the best X Men movie and why is it Dark Phoenix? <laughs> okay, so number one, it's not Dark Phoenix. I'm not going to keep the people in suspense like that, but... Um, how, how is it that, that, that you're going to stand something like Daredevil so hard, but there's no love for Dark Phoenix? Uh, I think the proof is in the viewing of the movies. Daredevil is a modern classic, uh, and Dark Phoenix is just trash. So just uh, <laughs> just watch them next to each other. There's no... Look, if, if they had had a moment in Dark Phoenix where Jean Grey set up a Phoenix shape and gasoline on the ground and then lit it on fire, oh then then we could talk about it as a viable movie. But no, in terms of viable contenders, look, I was so excited in the year 2000 when the first X-Men movie came out. It was everything I wanted as an X-Men fan. But a couple years later, they were able to do that thing that some great movie franchises can do. And that is with their second movie, they were able to double down on the stuff that worked dial back the stuff that didn't work and that's to me why x2 x-men united to this day remains my favorite of all the x-men movies there's a case to be made for a lot of other great ones and i'm sure you're gonna make a great case for yours but to me x2 with the story with striker wolverine's focus uh the sacrifice of gene gray all the different characters introduced like nightcrawler it's just the best action wise comedy wise special effects wise to me it doesn't get any better than x2 um, uh, I'm not going to argue it too hard. It definitely wasn't my favorite out of the, the, the X-Men trilogy. I was a big fan of the first one over, over the second or the third one. Um, uh, and, and while the Jean Grey stuff was great, I did think that, you know, them killing off uh, Scott near the beginning as, as quickly as they did felt more like, oh, this character isn't popular, so let's get them away. We're the big wig suits in Hollywood, ha, 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 than anything else. Just uh, to think clarify, just, Robbie, for some reason, really you difficult. are talking... You're, you're talking about X. Just to clarify, you're talking about X Men: La- The Last Stand, which is the third one. Oh, am I? I? Am, I am I confusing one. those two? Yep. Oh, all right, my bad then. My bad. Uh, okay, well then, you know what? Yeah, X two probably not probably not a bad choice then. I, I, it, it's been a long time since I've seen those, so they're kind of meshing together a little bit. Fair but, enough. But uh, where I'm actually going to put my favorite X Men film is actually with uh, First Class. Um, you know, I think that that for a lot of people after the original trilogy, like like that was as good as as, as the X Men were gonna get, right? And they got to a point where like they were kind of starting to go a little bit downhill. We had uh, 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 the Wolverine Origins movie, for example, with the travesty that was yeah. Gambit. The less said about and, Wolverine Origins, the better. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that especially with them recasting uh, uh, some of the pivotal roles, I mean, I don't think you can get, you cannot do a better casting in the movie world. Period. 
than you did with Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier and uh, uh, um, oh, why am I blanking out his name right now? Ian McKellen, uh, uh, Ian McKellen yeah. as Magneto. Those were so spot on. And the fact that they were able to actually get uh, uh, James McAvoy, uh, uh, um, now I'm blanking his last name James as well. James McAvoy. Um, McAvoy. I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? No, you got McAvoy. it. McAvoy, there you go. And uh, Michael Fassbender. Like, they were able to do it two times in a row. They were able to nail those castings and to see sort of like the origins and what should have been an amazing reset on the timeline that they eventually just went on to completely butcher anyway. <laughs> it's like this moment in time where you're like, man, Fox just screwed up the X-Men. And then you're like, oh, my God, they did it. They fixed. Oh, no, they didn't. They screwed it up again. Crap. So for me, X-Men First Class was was what should have been the beginning of Fox's MCU, the way the MCU truly is. But they, they squandered, unfortunately. They flew too close to the sun. No argument on anything you're saying. Love first class. And yes, they totally screwed it up. All right. Let's go into video games then. Because uh, first of all, I don't think there are a lot of good X-Men video games. Uh, so uh, this should be an interesting one. Uh, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and go first. I think to my knowledge, there are two X-Men video games that stand out in my mind. And one of them was uh, Mutant Academy, which was a fighting game. Mm-hmm. It was okay, I guess, as far as fighting games go. But the one that I probably plugged so, so many hours into was uh, X-Men on the Sega Genesis 1993. Uh, Playable characters were Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and Gambit. I don't know that I ever actually beat that game or even got further than the second or third level. But I just remember putting so much time into it. That, to me, was as close as we've got to a great X-Men game. So here's the thing, Robbie. The reason you put so much time into it and the reason that you never beat it is because it's freaking impossible. That is the (laughs) hardest X-Men game of all time. It's great. The graphics are awesome. You get a lot of good support characters. But, dude, it's so freaking hard. It's so tough. That's why I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back to my youth, which, of course, was a little earlier, and that is X-Men, the arcade game. Yes. There was nothing better. There was nothing better than rolling up to that arcade where you had the six-player X-Men arcade game. You could play as Colossus, Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, and, of course, Dazzler. Uh, And you had the option (laughs) to go through this amazing game. And there was no better feeling than playing with five other people. If you could find five other people who had enough quarters to invest in this game, you got to fight Magneto, Blob, Pyro, Sentinels, all the great ones. And the best is, man, it was based on X-Men Pride of the X-Men, the bootleg 1980s X-Men cartoon that I have a copy of. Uh, It never went to air. You can find the pilot if you track it down. It is terrible. Uh, It is campy as hell, but it was the basis for the best X-Men video game of all time. Uh, Honestly, it's hard to beat the arcade days. I mean, I have a number of of games that the arcade versions were definitely the top of my list. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, and, uh, uh, end it out then with the best animated series and i think that there is only one true answer here and that is the x-men animated series from the 90s which a lot of people are now starting to rediscover thanks to disney plus yeah there's no other answer here i mean there's been other good x-men cartoons uh wolverine and the x-men from only a few years ago was super underrated x-men evolution was kind of fun but come on 
there's no that, comparing. That's the one that I feel like a lot of people are, are, are constantly talk about. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no comparing to X-Men 92 is the GOAT here, man. It's the best. It's got the best characters, the best animation. It's fun. It's intelligent. Uh, does it? Uh, I, I will say, though, rewatching it, the animation didn't age as well as the rest of it. There are a few times where it looks a bit rough. But oh, the yeah. voice acting in particular is so stellar on that show. I, I it, you know, the, 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 there's been rumors, there's been talks of potentially trying to bring it back. If you can't get the original voice cast, don't even bother. Oh, no way, man. The voices are incredible, and you're right. The animation doesn't hold up, but you know what, dude? When the story's this good, when the voice acting's this good, when every other element's this good, I'm willing to look the other way on some janky animation. That doesn't kill it for me. X-Men 92, like I said, greatest of all time. All right, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the other identity and our X-Men episode for the day. Look forward to it next week because Birds of Prey should be out in theaters right now. I've been hearing great things about it, and we're going to go ahead and visit that next week. Ben, how excited for you are for Birds of Prey? I'm pretty excited. Reading the reviews, uh, it looks tremendous. I'm definitely going to carve out some time to go see that this weekend. Looking forward to talking about it with you next week, Robbie. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you stopping by with us today. As always, make sure that you find us on social media. Follow, engage with us. We're constantly talking about everything comic book and superheroes. Again, that's at Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. Ben J. Morris on Twitter and Robbie underscore Landis CP also on Twitter. Ben, go ahead and take us out. Folks, thanks for spending some time with us today. Hopefully, we help to solve your identity crisis with the other identity. Oh, my gosh, no, no, we're going to have to talk about that. We're yeah. going to have to talk yeah. about this Yeah, I, I hated it as soon as it came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you made me miss Joe. Ah!